Initiating launch sequence. Welcome to the show. I'm Ian Black, and you're listening to Ready for Launch, the podcast where I talk with first-time founders about the real hurdles of getting their business or passion project off the ground. Three, two, one, zero. This week, I talked to Tina Rogallo about maintaining momentum after launching her podcast in your 20s. Tina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. <laughs> I am very excited to have you here on my first podcast, talking about your journey launching a podcast, because I I wouldn't be here without you, I don't think. You know, you helped inspire me. So really grateful to have you here. But this podcast isn't about me. It's about you and what you've been creating over the last year. So I'd love to start with a brief introduction of you telling our audience who you are, what it is your podcast is about, and what you think is unique about it. Sure. Well, my name is Tina Ogallo, also known as Tina with an H. The H is at the end. And in terms of my podcast, it's called In Your 20s, uh, 20s with a Y-S, not an I-E-S at the end. The reason behind that is simply because In Your 20s with the I-E-S was really popular and I wanted to be different, kind of like my name. In terms of actually like thinking about the podcast, what to do with it, I started the podcast last year in 2020, and I was about to graduate college. I'm 22 right now, soon to be 23 in a couple months. But I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. After graduation happens, what am I going to, what is my career going to be? Where is my first job going to be? I just had so many questions running through my head during this time. This was also before um, COVID and the, and the pandemic was even a thing. So, During one of my internships in 2019, I was like, hmm, I like to talk a lot and I'm listening to podcasts all the time while I'm working. Why don't I make one? And then with what I was saying before, what I was saying earlier with just my whole thought process of not knowing what's next for me, I was like, I know for a fact that my friends are feeling the exact same way. We have no idea what we're doing. And I realized that that's the case with all 20-somethings. No one knows what they're doing. One of the things that I like to say is that I had no idea that for some jobs you have to create your own 401k, like your retirement savings plan. I just thought that was given to you like your social security number. So during all of that, I was like, all right, I'm going to start a podcast about being in your 20s and just helping 20-somethings navigate this defining decade with guests who are also in their 20s, outside of their 20s, just to give advice because these are some of the things that they don't teach you in school. Nice. Did you, you mentioned you spelled 20s differently because other people are doing it. Were there already people doing similar podcasts in this space? Oh yeah, definitely. When it comes to podcasting, like you could do, if you want to have a podcast, but you didn't know what to talk about, All it takes is a quick Google search, and then you can just see a bunch of podcasts that are similar to yours. But for me, it was like, how the heck am I going to set myself apart from the jump? Because I was stuck on the name in your 20s. I had a huge list, at least with 20 different titles. I can't even think of any of the others right now. But in your 20s just kept on sticking out to me. So then when I was like, all right, I'm going on Spotify to see if I spell it the right way how many other people are going to have this pod, this podcast name. Turns out there was maybe 
three or four other podcasts out there that were titled In Your 20s. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, this might not work, but I don't want to – I'm very stubborn. (laughs) So I was like, I want this name. Then I was just thinking about who I am as a person, and my parents added an H at the end of my name, literally just because they wanted me to be different. There's no other story behind it. They were like, oh, it looked cool to have an H at the end of Tina. So then I said, all right, well, if they were able to break that rule or quote unquote break the rule, why can't I just do the same? So now it's funny because sometimes people will comment on my Instagram post or just reach out to me and say, hey, you know you spell 20s wrong, right? And I have Hmm. to go, yes, (laughs) don't worry. Spell check tells me every single day. That's great. It's going to be a pain for the rest of your life. Did you listen to these other people doing the same podcast and find a way to, to be unique to them? Or do you not worry about what they're doing because you're just interested in what you're doing? I try not to focus on what they're doing, which can kind of be hard because with Instagram, I follow podcasts that are similar to mine just so that way if they follow me back when someone follows their account, I could possibly pop up on their suggestions or something. But for the most part, I try to stay away from listening to others because then I get in my head. I compare myself to those other podcasts. And that is just, I think, one of the biggest ways to – I use this phrase a lot, to be down bad. And what down bad mean is just to be down in the dumps. Um, You're not necessarily depressed, but you're definitely not happy with how things are going. So in order to not be down bad, I I just stick to my own lane and I don't look at other people because they're, everyone's going at their own different rates with, when it comes to podcasting. So if I look at someone and all of their success, I'm going to get upset. I don't want that. So eyes on the road, straight ahead and not in the peripheral vision. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very healthy attitude to have. What I'd love to talk about is... I mean, the reason I started this podcast is partly, I think there are a lot of people out there that have ideas about things they want to create, whether it's books or art or podcasts or businesses, but they never actually move those ideas out of their head and into the real world. So what was that journey like for you? Oh, gosh. Okay. So once I finally figured out the concept for the podcast, the title of it, it was January of 2020. I think around mid-January. So I was super stoked. I was like, this is a great idea. And I talked to a couple friends and I said to them, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. Now, I was telling this to them because I was excited, but also because I knew that they were going to keep me in check and constantly ask me, how's the recordings going? What are you doing? X, Y, Z. So I told them at the end of January that I was going to start a podcast. They had asked me when it was going to come out. I was like, oh, sometime in February. February went by. No podcast. Then we're in March. This is when uh, COVID talks are happening more frequently in the U.S. And they're saying to me still, Tina, when are you going to start this podcast? What are you doing? Like, now's the time to do it. I go to them. All right. I'm going to start. I'm going to have my first episode out before my 22nd birthday, and my birthday is is April 1st. April 1st comes along. I'm crying because I always cry on my birthday just because I'm a sentimental mush, (laughs) 
and this podcast is still not out. Finally, after just being at home in my off-campus at my off-campus house at school, I just got on the mic. Actually, no, I didn't even it wasn't even in my apartment. It was in a random parking lot of I don't even know where. I had my phone, I opened the Anchor app, and I created my trailer for my show, which was three minutes long. I said, all right, I've got this. I called my friend, uh, Joey, and I said, Joey, I want to start a podcast. I want you to be my first guest. When are you free? We recorded that episode basically the same way that I had recorded the trailer, just except it was like a phone call because obviously you couldn't see people because everyone was quarantining. So then the podcast came out April 22nd, I believe. Yeah, April 22nd. So it was a four-month-long process to be like, all right, Tina, get your head in the game. You want to do this. Put yourself out there because you also get in your head a lot. You never know if people are going to like it, if people are going to hate it. So I constantly was journaling, being like, I've got to do it. I've got to get out of my head. Now I'm on episode like – 50, around the 50s, it's wild. That is wild. I'm glad it took you months to get yours going because I think it took me a year to get mine going. I was on my goals list for 2020 to start this podcast. And then I got to 2021 and realized I hadn't made any progress towards it. I'd love to know what you said you kind of called up your friend Joey. And as your first guest, how did you decide that they were the right person to start with? Oh, my gosh. I have known Joey for so long, like so long. So I'm 22 right now, and I'm pretty sure I've known him since I was six or seven. So that's over half of my life. He knows me better than I know myself at times, and we're very similar in terms of we love putting ourselves out there. We He's probably the male version of me, super outgoing, wants to try different things all of the time. And we have similarities where when we were in school, we both ended up living in London for a good amount of time. So it just worked. And that first episode was about traveling and how to travel on a budget because he is so good at saving his money, but also having these amazing tales and stories about his travels. And I knew that I mean, granted, I released the episode when COVID was still like super, super scary, not downplaying it at all, but no one knew anything about this virus. And now over here I am <laughs> launching, an, launching a podcast and the first episode is about traveling when no one could travel. <laughs> like, not my best idea, but it worked. It gave people hope at the time to be like, when you can travel again, this is how you can do it where you're not spending thousands of dollars, but you can still go to another country. Obviously, people still aren't traveling. So hopefully Mm. within the next, you know, six months or a year, that episode will be more useful. (laughs) Banking on it for a future use. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. So you had, you were quite, yeah, you were quite clear who your first guest would be. And you knew they were good storytellers. You thought they'd make a great guest. So then how did you pick guest number two? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm going back in my brain logs. I should have brought up, like, my whole episode list. Mm. For episode number two, it was it was honestly another one of my good friends. Her name's Sophie, and it was a mental health episode. 
with that, she actually came up to me and she go, she said, I love the episode. It was really great. Um, I'd totally be down to share my experience about my mental health journey because she was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. But so she's super, super private. And I've known her also for um, a good part of a decade. And the fact that she was willing to share her story, because even when we were recording, there were things about her that I didn't even know. So that was really eye-opening to me to be like, all right, this is really good. We can have some great conversations and really help a lot of people out. Then after that, but that was like, that's rare from other podcasters that I talk to. You have to find all of your first couple of guests, but I've just got really supportive friends who were like, I'm down to come on and help out. That's good to hear. Have you found that the person will define the theme of the episode or have you started like looking for themes you want to tackle and then find the right person for that? At first it was the person. I would, if someone wanted to be on the podcast or they had maybe mentioned it because at first I was only interviewing my friends. Now, almost a year later, I've branched out and I've started pitching. But during those first couple episodes, my friend would say, hey, I want to be on uh, the podcast. I'd love to sit down and talk with you about whatever, which for them, it's like, yeah, we'll talk about anything. But being the podcast host, it's like, okay, yeah, we could talk about anything, but there still has to be some kind of focus on each episode because that's what podcasts are for. It's that people can take away. They're going to listen to whatever episode because it can relate to them or they're intrigued by it. So that's when I would have to go on LinkedIn. If I wasn't as close to them, I'd have to maybe ask a, a mutual friend of ours, hey, what are some interesting things about this person? What's their career? What do they do for fun? What's an experience that people don't know about them that could be really awesome to share? So that's when you have to really start digging in, figuring it out. It can be difficult at some, at times because some people don't have social media. That's when I really am like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> sounds hard. Do you remember what it felt like to put your first episode out into the world? And does that feel different now you're putting out, you know, you're almost your 50th episode? Uh, at the beginning, it was, <laughs> well, as I was saying earlier, I am a sentimental mush. I feel all of the feels. Therefore, I was shaking. I was crying. I Tears of joy, by the way. Tears of joy. <laughs> and then I just felt so much love because so many of my friends were posting about it on Instagram. They were sharing it on Facebook, talking about it with their other friends who might not have known about it. So on the day that the podcast launched, like I said, I love to talk. So I hopped on the podcast account and even my personal Instagram account and just kind of expressed my gratitude, said to everyone, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Also, when it comes to launching um, a pod your first episode of your podcast, depending on what platform you use, I was using Anchor. So the podcast for the first a little less than a week was only on app was only on Spotify. So that way, no one, anyone who was an Apple podcast type of person, they weren't able to listen to it. I think for the other streaming platforms like Stitcher and all that kind of stuff, it was available on the day that it was released. But it was like, all right, this is round one. 
And then as soon as the podcast was available on Apple Podcasts, because I was checking every night to make sure it was on there, it was just a whole nother cycle of, this is so amazing. People are hearing my voice. I hated it though at the beginning when they would mention things I'd said on the podcast because I love the support, but talking about it after, I get so cringe. I'm like, oh, thank mm. you. I get so awkward. <laughs> but now it's definitely What's easy. A- I'm cool with that. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> yeah. easier. Definitely. You spoke about having like quite a lot of difficulty getting that first one out there, right? And, you know, there's that resistance. What is, do you find there's still resistance to continue as you like grow it? Or is that momentum kind of rolling now? Oh my gosh, no, it's difficult every week. Like once you get your first one out there, that's just the beginning. I am a big, big fan of this podcast network called Dear Media. And the CEO, Michael Bostick, He said, the toughest part about your podcast is launching your first 25 episodes because those 25 episodes, it's really where you're testing yourself to say, I can do this consistently. I have this many things to talk about. I can keep going all the way to have 25 episodes. When I heard that, I heard that quote maybe when I was on episode five. Episode 25 seemed so far away, but I kept telling myself, you have to get to episode 25. There is no way you are not getting to episode 25 because I'm the hardest on myself. Therefore, when it came to those late nights where I was so lazy, I didn't want to edit the podcast or a guest dropped out at the last minute and I didn't have a guest for that week, I was like, I've got to figure these things out. I've got it. Sometimes that meant just having a solo episode where I was just talking to my audience, which now I really like because those are those episodes where they get to know me a little bit more and I'm not just interviewing and hearing other people's stories. They can get a little taste of my life. But yeah, it was definitely, it's definitely still hard. Every week I have to plan it out. I have to say, all right, this is who's going to be on. This is what I'm editing. Um, I still have to write this in. I have to record this intro. Then I've got to post about it and I've got a, I'm my own marketing team too. So it's not just the you know, back end part of the podcast. It's the, okay, now I have to make sure people actually remember to go ahead and listen to the podcast and not only listen, but leave a review, tell their friends, follow the account, just do something with the podcast besides just one listen and then leave. Mm. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts and they're mentioning their producers and their editors and you're just running with a team of one, right? Yeah. Do you think that's difficult? Do you think it's hard? If you could hire one extra person, who would that be? Oh, gosh. All right. So it's definitely difficult because for a podcast, at minimum, there's usually six people involved. We're talking about the host, the executive producer, showrunner, senior producer, the production assistant, the engineer who actually like puts the bow on top of the podcast. It's a really big thing. So, I mean, I love it because I'm learning all aspects of podcasting. As someone who wants to be the next female Ryan Seacrest one day, I want to know everything about all types of media. And this podcasting is my current favorite. But if there was someone I could hire... I don't know. That's hard. I feel so stumped. I would say, (laughs) okay, I'll say the 
I'd hire an engineer, a podcast engineer, aka a podcast editor, because editing is the thing I hate the most. It's just not fun for me. I hate hearing my voice back, even though I will, I could love the episode. It could be my favorite episode, but just still having to take three hours at the least to edit an episode and listen to myself feels kind of narcissistic in a way, which is why I never listen to my episodes once they're out. (laughs) I definitely understand that feeling. I remember when you asked me to record for some audio for a TikTok and all I could think of was, why would anyone want to listen to my voice? Your Uh, voice is so soothing, (laughs) Ian, that's why. (laughs) You say that, but uh, I'm never going to believe it. Do you do you ever feel like giving up on your podcast and what keeps what keeps you from doing that if you do? Yes, to wanting to give up. I say it all the time. When I first started, I was like I'm going to have a weekly podcast. I'm going to have an episode every week, which I was very optimistic for. I think if I would have done things differently, I would have either recorded a bunch of episodes before I even had launched the first episode so that way I could have been good for the first month and a half or I would have just said all right this is going to be a bi-weekly podcast so that would give me two weeks time to schedule actually record edit all that kind of stuff so doing the weekly making the decision to have a weekly podcast from the jump was extremely difficult for those first couple of episodes because I had to find these guests. I like I said, I didn't even know who my second guest was going to be when the original episode came out. I had no idea. So the episode came out on a Wednesday and I had to make sure that I was editing episode number 2 but by the next Tuesday, that upcoming Tuesday. So I'm I have 6 days to do this. And over time, yes, it's gotten easier, but there are still days even this month where I'm just like, why did I decide to do this? Why didn't I just do bi-weekly? Give myself some more time. But what keeps me going is when I get texts from my friends or just random um, messages on social media from people who I have no idea who they are, but they tell me they're, they're big fans of the podcast. That's what pushes me to keep going. And also the fact that I love storytelling and I love giving people the platform to tell their stories and hopes that someone, even just one person, will take something away from it. And that's what gets me excited and passionate and, you know, inspired. I love people. People are so fun. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly are. Do you remember before you had started it, what you thought were going to be the hard parts of creating a podcast? And then how accurate do you think those predictions were? Uh, I think, so I went to school for journalism. So as a journalism student, I knew how to edit a podcast. So I knew that it was going to be a little bit more tedious because in school I was doing projects that were maybe three minutes long, five minutes long, not 45 minutes, sometimes 50 minutes long um, pieces of audio, not just my audio, but someone else's audio. So I was a little bit skeptical of that, but I thought it was going to be easy. The hardest part that I thought from the jump was going to be the promotion. How am I going to get 
uh, people to listen to this podcast, which now it's like, okay, it's podcasts are very slow in growth where you kind of just have to, if you're consistent, you keep going, it'll just grow on its own. Now for me, the hardest part is figuring out who I want on the show. Who am I pitching to? What do I think, what is my audience going to be interested in? What are they not going to be interested in? And it's taking, looking at those analytics and seeing like, oh, this pod, this episode did really well. And this episode was absolute crap. No one even cares about this topic. And just understanding the audience, because even though this podcast is mine, it's also the people, it's also my listeners. You know, they're coming every Wednesday to tune in and learn something. So if they're not intrigued and if they're not excited, then I feel bad because I'm like, no, I want to be someone that they can trust to provide them with some great information that's going to help them in their 20s. Do you, what's your process for figuring out that next step then? Like what, you know, in terms of what content people want to hear? I love, love, love Instagram polls. They are the best thing that Instagram has ever done. They have stolen so much from so many other apps, but the polls, I'm going to give them a gold star for that one. Instagram polls are the best because not only do you get to know your audience to be like, hey, we're going to do Sunday Scaries. That's the segment that I have on my show where it's every other Sunday on Instagram. I have a bunch of polls. Just test out, test out like what they're interested in, what they're not interested in. For example, like a couple weeks, actually more than a couple weeks at this point. But when the GameStop stock situation with Reddit was a thing, I went on the polls and said to them, Hey, are you? Did you guys know what's happening? Are you invested in stocks? And based on their responses of yes or no, I was like, all right, a large majority of my listeners don't really care about this whole Reddit, GameStop versus Wall Street situation, but they might be a little bit intrigued about it if I talked about it for three minutes on an episode. So using those polls is really awesome. And also sometimes I'll just ask them questions like, who do you guys want to see next on the? show. And I tell them the sky's the limit. I don't care whose name that you tell me. I will try my hardest to get them on the episode. The only person I told them that's off limits is Beyonce because <laughs> let's be honest, like I bet like who Jay-Z can't, can't even reach Beyonce sometimes. Therefore, we're going to have to wait a little bit for her to come on. Got to be more ambitious, Tina. She is the queen bee. She does not have time for Tina with an H, at least not now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, soon. Soon, though. Keep growing. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Do you look to other people for advice with your podcasts? And if you have, has there been any advice that has really stuck with you? I don't want... hmm, This is... I'm stumped. I'm stumped again. When it comes to the podcast and what, you know, like edits need to be made or what conversations people like, going back to my friends like Joey and Sophie, who I mentioned, as well as some of my other um, really long-term friends, they're really great at telling me when they think something sounds awesome or when like I'm asking some really dumb questions or I could have done 
this instead of that. So with some of your with some of the bigger podcasters, they might have a talent coach where the talent coach is listening to every single episode and teaching them what to do in whatever situation, scenario, whatever question might be asked next. I don't have that. So my friends are those people that I go to and I talk to about um, figuring out like, oh, Tina, your audio has been really quiet. You need to bump that up. Something as simple as that, my friends have told me, which helps me out a ton. Now, in terms of other podcasters, when I have them on my show or when I'm on theirs, it's really great because they understand how much work actually goes behind a podcast. So it could be the most candid. We can have a great recording. Once that recording button is off, we're just super candid with each other. We're talking about our experiences. Some people like to use uh, Zoom only to record. Other people like Zencaster. Some people are doing in-person interviews, which I don't know how. We are in a pandemic, but that's tea for another thing. <laughs> but it's just I, I haven't, you know, tried to seek out the advice yet. But I mean, now you've planted a seed. I'm going to start asking everyone, including you. <laughs> I'll help you if I can. But it Yay. sounds like you're getting that organic. You're getting that organically, right? And that's the start of it. Yeah, and definitely just observe observing what other podcasters are doing, which is why I keep bringing up Instagram because Instagram is a great place to have those conversations and see what other podcasters are doing. Twitter is also pretty good, but I like pictures, so Instagram's it for me. <laughs> Not TikTok. Oh my gosh. Honestly, podcasters are going on TikTok and I know I know it would be so great for marketing if I were to start talking about the podcast on TikTok, but I'm just not there yet. I think you just planted another seed. You just keep planting them. You're about to have a whole garden in my brain. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to me, it seems like an obvious platform, just the way it's, you can cut in audio to these little snippets. Uh, So I look forward to seeing you on there. Oh my gosh, as soon as I make my first one, I'm sending it to you. I'll be like, look, look what you inspired. Oh. Perfect. I can't wait. I, it's commonly quoted that 80% of results come from 20% of your efforts, right? That gets thrown around a lot, that idea. And I wonder, were there any particular things for you that were big wastes of time or money or effort along your journey that you Maybe either you've made or you've seen other podcasters make. Um, I think the thing, well, it was technically, it wasn't my money. It was my parents' money. (laughs) (laughs) I had asked for audio equipment for Christmas 2019. So I had my parents buy me a mic, like a super cheap one off of Amazon. It was under $40. But a mic, um, some USB cords, just a bunch of things that you need for a podcast. And then I went ahead, okay, no, my money and their money. Then because I thought that, you know, 2020 was going to be a great year, we weren't going to be stuck inside in our own homes for the entire year, I went ahead and bought a second. I bought another of everything my parents had gotten me because I was like, I need this for me. But then what is my guest going to use? Because we're not going to use the same mic. 
So I had purchased that and I guess in total it was maybe $100, $150 between both my parents and myself where I didn't need all of that equipment. There are some things I don't even use now. I will say that it's taught me like once we can start having in-person interviews, I have now I have three mics because I bought myself a new one once I got to 25 episodes and it's my favorite thing ever. It's a Yeti blue microphone. But once, you know, we can have interviews in person and whatnot, I'll be using those mics. But for right now, they're just collecting dust in a random bin next to my bed. (laughs) Okay, so the Yeti Blue is the one to get, is in your opinion. You mentioned a bunch of things you don't use. Are there any of those that are things you wouldn't use even if we weren't in a pandemic? Or is it all just because you're having to do everything remotely? I'm looking at them right now. I will say everything I would use because I originally got a microphone. I think it was a condenser microphone. First of all, my first couple of episodes, I was talking into it wrong. Now, for all of the podcasters out there, they might understand what I mean. But for a mic, you know, it's circular. For the most part, they're all or circular, looks like a cylinder, whatever. But I was talking to the microphone from the top of it instead of from the side. So for my first couple of episodes, no one, people can barely hear me. So once I got, I realized that, oh my gosh, I've been using this thing wrong the entire time. I'm dumb as anything. Then even though I was still talking to the mic from the side, still wasn't getting as much audio as I, or as much volume as I required. So I got um, a power what's it called? Oh my gosh. An external power source. We'll call it that. The company that I got it from is called New Year. They're the same ones who uh, create ring lights and make ring lights. You can find them on Amazon. So I used that power source to help my microphone gain some more power so then people could hear me properly. That's something I wouldn't use if I had gotten um, different mics from the start. But since I have these mics, it's like, I'm not going to waste them. My biggest, my friends say this all the time, my biggest weakness is new equipment. I love buying equipment of any kind. If any relation to media, I'm going to want it and I'm going to buy it. Hmm. I feel like everyone has that one thing in their life that they love finding new equipment for and gear. For me, it's things like skiing and outdoor activities. But maybe it's going to be microphones soon. (laughs) I'm telling you, like, I thought I was really good at saving my money until I started this podcast. And now I just go on Amazon and I look at what's new. Then I have to X out because I'm like, nope, you have everything you need. There's no reason for you to buy X, Y, (laughs) Z. Maybe if you spent enough money, you could get Beyonce on your podcast. If I spent... Even if I spent all my money to have Beyonce on my podcast, I wouldn't even get her. I could get Blue Ivy, her first daughter, for maybe a two-minute <laughs> cameo, and that's it. Hey, that's that's the that's the way in to the mother, though, right? You know, you connect with the daughter, then the daughter sells you. To that's Beyonce. true. That honestly, work. maybe I should start babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> start a new podcast in your twos. <laughs> I like it. I'm not sure the audio quality will be that great with two-year-olds. No, it'll be a lot of goo-goo gaga, but we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Okay, so waste of money was too much audio equipment. What what was the other end of the scale? What 
what was that 20% of effort that actually delivered much better results? What should you have been doing more of? I said this earlier, but definitely reaching out to people that you don't think are going to say yes. Uh, my, mm. And I say that because I love reality TV. Everyone who knows me knows that is my guilty pleasure. Honestly, I'm not even guilty about it. That is my pleasure. I love reality TV. So obviously with the amount that I consume, I'm watching these 20-somethings, these 30-somethings, 40-somethings. I don't care how old you are. I'm watching whatever show. And I was like, some of these people actually have interesting perspectives. I want to try and see if I can get them on. So the most recent person that was pretty big was a guy from Bachelor Nation, uh, which is, you know, The Bachelor, Bachelorette on ABC. For those who watch, it's a dating show that's been on for maybe even longer than I've been alive. Who knows? But I reached out to a couple of the contestants from The Bachelorette saying, hi, my name is Tina with an H. I'd love to have you on my show. Um, I gave them a little pitch about, you know, what the show's about. It was super, super quick pitches, about six, seven sentences max. So usually when this happens, you don't get a response or their assistant or whoever is just going to say, oh, they're not doing projects at this time because who's, why would they come on Tina with an H's podcast? They have no idea who Tina with an H is, but it's always that one person that will say yes. So one of the contestants, his name is Chase and Nick. He said yes. And we, after some scheduling things, we were able to get him on the show. Um, We did Zoom and it was fantastic. I got to talk to him uh, because he was one of my favorites on that, on the past season, season 16. And that episode ended up being my most, how do I phrase this? It was my fastest growing episode. And by that, I mean, uh, in the first day, I had the most uh, listens in one day. And then by one week, I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. The amount of people who have listened to my voice, they might not even know who I am, but they just love him so much. And that's how you grow. It's those little people, it's those people who say, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm so down because it benefits them. And he was seen as somewhat of you know, one of the bad guys on the show and he was able to speak his truth. And I got so many messages just saying like, dude, I had the, a completely different perspective of him. He's actually so nice. I was like, thank you for joining my team. That's what I've been trying to tell all of you. Um, and in the mm-hmm. process, I got to meet someone that I think is really cool. So it was fun. That is cool. Always make the ask. You know, Don't worry about the people who say no. Just think about the people who might say yes. Exactly. What does the future hold for in your 20s? Is there anything coming up you're particularly excited about or have aspirations for? Um, you know, I very much believe in the universe. And I think the universe is very telling of what's to come and what's next. I have a very good feeling about in your 20s and I love it more and more every day, which I didn't think was possible, but it is. It's become truly, I used to joke that it was my baby, but in your 20s is truly my child. Like I am a mother. Uh, And with it, you know, I don't think there's anything super exciting that I could tell you guys what's happening, but 
I know that I'm going to start pitching to even bigger guests while still, you know, having my closest friends on the show and even some acquaintances. And I'm spanning into more more topics. Last year, I had a very um, – my topics were dating, career, and a little bit of like friendships. So nothing too broad. Whereas now it's not – we're not doing the surface level stuff anymore. We're going deeper. We're still talking about those things, but we're talking about wellness. We're talking about um, things that are happening in the world and our takes on them. So I'm just really, really looking forward to seeing what 2021 holds because I'm over, excuse my language, the shit show of last year. (laughs) And who knows? Maybe I'll have an in-person interview. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep my fingers crossed for you on that one. I think everyone in the world will. I just have a couple more questions for you. What is something unique you think you would never have learned if you hadn't started podcasting? The amount of times I say and like for sure. Oh, really? Word. Yeah. All of those words. Oh, and you can't forget the like most popular one of um, I say all of those all of the time. So now I'm a lot more conscious, even though look, listening back to this episode, maybe I won't be as conscious as I think I am, but I say those a lot. <laughs> I know the feeling. I think me and my sister spent our entire, entire childhoods with my parents telling us to stop saying like over the, din- over the dinner table, like this. Uh, it's just like, you know, it's uh, those filler words. So. Exactly. I tell my roommate, terrified I, was, <laughs> I was talking to my roommate, I think maybe yesterday saying how all throughout schooling, they tell you not to start a sentence with and, but then in everyday conversation, we start almost every sentence with the word and. It's like, you just can't win. It's a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and win through the process of podcasting. <laughs> okay, final question. Before our exciting quickfire round, of course. Having been through this journey of launching and growing a podcast, do you think it's an experience everyone should go through or not, and why? This is very interesting to me because I have many opinions on this. There's actually, I don't know if you know the account um, at Dude with Sign on Instagram, but it's a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's just in New York holding a sign. And the other day, not even the other day, however long ago, he posted something <laughs> saying something along the lines of not everyone needs a podcast or no, you don't need to start a podcast, which was funny because the podcasting boom is here. So many people are starting podcasts. I think there's a difference between having your own podcast versus being a guest on one. I'm totally for everyone trying it, especially when you have to go through the editing of listening to yourself and how you speak and your aneurysms, mannerisms, whatever they're called. But I'll just leave it at you will learn a lot about yourself, especially in terms of public speaking. Podcasting is great for that. But if this is not something that you – if you see it more of a like, oh, I'm going to do this monthly, go for it. But – I don't know. I feel like the space is there's a lot of people in it right now and it's only going to get bigger. But 
Who cares? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Try it at least once. And if you fall in love with it, great. If not, you can say that you did. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying the the process of self-reflection that it forces upon you, everyone should do, but maybe not everyone should do it through a podcast. Exactly. Oh, thank you. Because I was like, I don't know if I'm self-incriminating myself by saying this. Spot on. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> you're welcome. Okay. It's time for the quick, final quick fire round. We have oh, maybe 10 questions. I'd like you to limit yourself to three word answers. Answer them as fast as you can. Are you ready? No, I li- you just told me I can only say answers in three words. And I told you I love to talk. I am so nervous, but let's get it. <laughs> the first one's an easy one. Who are you? Tina with an H. What's your podcast called? In your 20s. Why should people listen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is rapid fire. Come on. Um, fun, energetic, helpful. Biggest challenge you faced? Editing. Greatest lesson you learned? Talk slower. Worst part of the job? Editing. <laughs> Would you do it all over again from the start? In a heartbeat. Why? I love it. And where can people go to hear it? Spotify and everywhere. And everywhere. And what's your Instagram? <laughs> At Tina.ogalo or because technically this is one word. At in your 20s, 20s with an Y-S, not I-E-S. Sorry, I totally butchered that last one. (laughs) That's all good. We're all human. (laughs) Tina, you've uh, made it to the end of my first podcast. Thank you very much for coming. I'm really excited that we get to share your story with the world. Yay, thank you for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Um, I'm so proud of you for doing this. I can't wait to listen. (laughs) Me neither. Great. (laughs) Thanks.